0: Conspiracy theory, we've heard these words before over and over again by the media used as a way to discredit researchers who speak out. But what if there is a conspiracy? What if we're being lied to? And if so, what if your life, your freedoms and your future depends on it? Let me make this clear, I don't know if there is a conspiracy, but what I do know is that independent scientists, doctors, virologists and countless experts That oppose this lockdown have been banned silenced and ostracized from speaking out while at the same time our freedoms have been ruthlessly taken away from us under the guise of this virus george orwell said the nazis pretended that they had seized power for a limited time and that just around the corner there lay a paradise where people would be free no one ever seizes power with the intention of relinquishing it power is not a means it is an end David, what do you think George Orwell meant by this quote? And is this relevant today?
1: Well, it's not only relevant today. It's relevant to um, what I've been writing about for 30 years and talking about 30 years. It's relevant to why I was banned from Australia, from speaking Australia in Australia um, in early 2019 by the uh, Australian government. Because uh, we live in a reality that has two, basically two worlds and those worlds are based on knowledge. So you have the world that the general population lives in, and that uh, knowledge is strictly limited, both about the nature of reality itself and also about um, world events and where the world's being taken. And so you come out of the womb and you, you get influenced in your perceptions of reality by your parents, who um, have been through the same process you're about to go through, and most of the time they've bought it, so they pass it on to you, not out of malevolence, but because they think it's the right thing to do. Very soon after you get into this uh, world, what, three, four years, you find yourself uh, sitting at a desk, being uh, faced by an authority figure, which um, is uh, representing the state. And for all your formative years, you're going to sit there and be told, um, first of all, what is and what isn't, what's uh, real and what isn't, what's true and what isn't, what's history and what wasn't. And you're going to be told when you can speak, when you can go to the toilet, when you can, um, when you can eat, when you can go home, when you have to be there. And then you go out into the world um, and you go out from your college or your university, you go into the, um, the world of work. And you go, say, into the institutions of journalism and uh, politics and science and academia and medicine and the corporate world and so on. And there you meet people who've been through the same uh, programming of perception process that you've just been through. And um, they have, like you, been indoctrinated with what I call the postage stamp consensus. This is a narrow band of perceived possibility and what's happening in the world, nature of reality, everything that uh, is indoctrinated into the uh, general population. And so as you go out into the world of work, you're meeting people who've been through what you've been through only earlier, and they're confirming to you that the postage stamp consensus is what they call the real world. Um, I live in the real world, mate. 24-7, the mainstream media is pounding out confirmation that the postage stamp consensus, the real world, is, uh, is real and uh, is how things are. And if you are people like me who will not accept that, because we're not arrogant enough to believe that um, you can know everything there is to know <laughs> um, uh, from the uh, limited information that we uh, have access to, so there must be more to know. and You go and explore it, and you, 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 you go and uh, research it. Um, the postage stamp consensus, once you step off it, th- they say you're crazy, you're mad, or you're dangerous, or in my case, all uh, those things. But then there's this other world, and this world is um, a, a tiny world by comparison, and it is structured um, as a web of secret societies, semi-secret groups, and so on. And uh, these at the inner core of these secret society networks, you know, not your average Freemason going down the lodge, um, the inner core of it, another level of knowledge is passed across through the generations. That uh, knowledge includes the, the real nature of reality, which is not the way we experience it, the true nature of, um, of, of how we're interacting with that reality, and crucially, not least in terms of current events, um, the projected agenda uh, where the world's being taken by this this other world, this network. It works like this, just to finish uh, the point. If you can access that world, uh, then you can predict the future very accurately, unless there is an intervention to stop that uh, agenda unfolding because if nothing stops it unfolding, it becomes the future. And therefore, by saying this is the plan, you can predict the future. The idea of, of people like me is to alert enough people, this is why they, they're banning me from all and sundry, try to silence me, to alert enough people to what the game really is, so that there can be that intervention. And that, for goodness sake, people, the end of acquiescence by the many to the few Which allows the few to have the power to do what they're doing now in places like melbourne and victoria
0: so before we touch base on anything else i really want to speak about melbourne australia here are some of the new laws that dan andrews has enforced upon us it's illegal to exercise for more than one hour It's illegal to go outside after 8pm. It's illegal to travel further than five kilometres from your house. It's illegal to protest. There's a $1,600 fine if you're outside without a good reason. $200 fine if you don't wear a mask. Drones are being used to spy on people. And people are getting arrested for a Facebook post. Well,
1: Andrews is a fascist. End of story. Mm. I mean, you um, look at how the Nazis... uh, impose their will on people in Nazi Germany. You've just described it. So Andrews is a fascist and, and the first thing we need to do is to face the situation we're in and not to um, hide from it because we really wouldn't would rather it not be true. Well, it is true and we need to face it. And how long was it before people in Nazi Germany realized that they were under a, a fascist regime? Of total control. But by, by then it was too late because it was in place. And what happens is that the population um, operating on the perceptual state of um, I have something to lose, therefore I'll do what I'm told in, in, in case I lose it, i.e., my freedom, my job, my, my, uh, my income, whatever. Um, and it goes on um, until the point is reached where you have nothing left to lose. And that's the point usually where there is starting to be some pushback and we're heading there fast. What you've just described in terms of freedom, what is there left to lose people of Victoria and Australia?
0: What's your advice to Australians that are suffering through this unlawful lockdown?
1: Get off your knees because if you don't, you will be there for the duration. And so will your kids and so will your grandkids even more fiercely than you are experiencing now. We're in this position, people, because enormous percentages of the global population have conceded the right to think for themselves. They've conceded the right uh, to stand up for their own freedom and the children's freedom and the grandchildren's freedom. And that's why we're here. Ask, I'll ask you a question. How can some guy, this fascist Andrews in, um, in Victoria, how can he um, impose diktats that millions of people have to follow and, and then do follow? He can only do it by the acquiescence of the population. And uh, while people go on doing that, ooh, okay, all over. It's just going to get worse. And people need to know that.
0: Okay, so let's talk about this Hunger Game Society, as you call it. How does it all work? What's their plan? And how does it tie into what's unfolding right now?
1: What's unfolding is a script. And it's a script that's been played out over decades and decades and decades, where more and more freedom has been deleted step by step. And at the same time, um, power has been centralised and centralised and centralised through what we call globalisation. And those two, uh, two things have led us uh, um, down this road to where we are now. Uh, and to put in context what is happening now, over the decades, um, I've been um, uh, writing books about what was planned. And i described the structure of this global society uh, operating in every country, but globally as well, as the Hunger Games Society. And uh, if you think of a a pyramid, and this is the structure, and I've been writing this for decades, um, at the top of the pyramid, you've got a tiny few people uh, who I call the cult, because it is a cult, it's a global cult, but other people call, say, the the 1%. And at the bottom of the pyramid is the rest of humanity uh, under control of the 1% because they are... um, Dependent on the 1% for their measly income and survival income. In between the two, holding that status quo in place is planned, has been planned, it's happening already now, um, a police military state, uh, which is designed to stop the population rebelling against the 1% and to... um, Uh, impose the will of the 1% on um, the population. Look where we are. This is not random, this is planned. Now, if you're gonna create that hunger game society of total control, um, the crucial bottom line of making that happen is to destroy the independent livelihoods and uh, income of the population. You destroy independent business. You destroy employment with independent business. Because while there is that independence of income and livelihood, there is not the dependency on the the 1%. What they've done with this fake uh, pandemic is to uh, create a situation through the lockdowns, fraudulently created through um, fraudulent uh, computer models, a situation where exactly what I've just described is happening. Independent business is being destroyed. Independent employment is being destroyed. And what they're talking about now, this has been in my books for decades, is the introduction to meet the challenge and the problem of a guaranteed income for everybody, which would be measly. And it would be paid on the basis of you doing what you are told. And we have a perfect precursor Example of exactly what I'm talking about in Australia, with the uh, the benefit cut if you don't have your children uh, vaccinated according to the list imposed by the government. Uh, pan that out across the whole of your your life, your lifestyle, and your family, and that's what this guaranteed income is all about. Uh, and it's it's being suggested because of the uh, demolition of independent livelihoods and independent uh, employment. Um, and then you go to the, the, the middle strata, which is uh, in the Hunger Games Society, which is of the uh, imposition of the will of the tiny few on everyone else by a police military state. You're describing exactly that in Australia, in Victoria and Melbourne, and that's what's planned for the rest of the world. Uh, and. If you then look at the the top level of the Hunger Games Society, what I've been saying and writing for decades uh, is that there is planned to be no small business, no medium-sized business even, and even no big business that's not controlled by this cult. Uh, What is designed to be the economy uh, is uh, massive corporations, Amazon is a wonderful example, uh, who control everything. And if you, uh, if you don't get it from them, you don't get it. And when you look at what this uh, pandemic hoax has achieved for um, people like Amazon, it, is, it just staggeringly increased their market share globally as, as, as competition has been destroyed. Uh, and everything um, that uh, the, this uh, cult agenda demanded is being ticked off as a result of this uh, pandemic hoax. By the way, another thing that I've been writing in my book since, uh, what must be 1993, is the plan to get rid of cash. So you have a digital only uh, world currency, which can be totally controlled from a central point because it's digital. Everything you do financially can be tracked. And what was said very early on in this pandemic hoax by this guy Ted Ross at the World Health Organization just a figurehead for Gates, who owns him, as he owns the World Health Organization, he said, you could get the virus off cash, so it's best not to use cash. And so cash has just absolutely uh, plummeted in use worldwide as a result of that. This is a box ticking exercise, this pandemic hoax, for all the elements of this agenda that I've been exposing for 30 years.
0: You've spoken a lot about secret societies. Most people aren't able to accept the possibility of a cabal of people controlling the world. Can you explain how it's structured and how it all works?
1: Number one, um, there is a global web of secret societies, semi-secret groups, and then um, the organisations we see in the public arena, the banking system, the, the, the governments, the government agencies, the corporations, and so on the media ownership level and at the center of the web is what I call the spider. And that's where it's all coming from. And that operates in the shadows. So the structure through which it works is pretty much the same as a transnational global corporation, which has a headquarters somewhere in the world. And then it has subsidiaries in the different countries and the subsidiaries of the headquarters of the corporation, um, behave and act in line with the centrally dictated agenda. So if you um, go into a McDonald's anywhere in the world, you're pretty much going into the same McDonald's because of the centrally dictated uh, uh, brand and the way that uh, they operate. This cult works the same way. So you've got this spider at the center, which is directing the global agenda. And it. And this is how it's possible for for country after country after country to have responded to this virus pandemic uh, in the same way. So in the different countries, uh, this network has um, subsidiary networks of particular families of um, secret societies, semi-secret groups and so on. Uh, And their job in their sphere of influence, their country is to impose the will, the agenda of the, centrally um, spider-dictated global agenda. And this is why when I've traveled around the world over the last 30 years, uh, almost constantly, most of the time until recently, um, you see the same things happening everywhere. This is how it's done. So in each country, this subsidiary network um, controls the pyramidal hierarchies of government, political parties that have any chance of forming a government, um, of the banking system, of corporations, media at ownership level, and the health system, which is based on the big pharma, pharmaceutical cartel of, um, if it's not a scalpel or a drug, then um, we're going to stop anyone using it if we uh, if we can. And most of the time they do. Mm. So um, you look at these pyramidal hierarchies of, Medic of medicine in each country. They're based on the big pharmaceutical methodology of what they bravely call health and treatment and Just as the same pyramid uh, structure I described with um, acquiescence imposition acquiescence the same thing happens in the medical pyramids in each country at the top You have a tiny few people who are dictating health policy in that country and globally It's dictated by the World Health Organization, which was created by one of the big cult families, the Rockefellers, for a simple reason, to um, uh, impose global health policy from a central point. Um, It's now um, funded more than anyone else by Bill Gates, who is a big Rockefeller uh, family insider. His family goes way back with the Rockefellers. So um, you have this... um, this pyramid, this, this medical pyramid in each country, with a tiny few dictating the uh, policy. And then the different levels of doctors, nurses, medical professionals, etc., they carry out the orders, the policy dictated by the tiny few. And these tiny few at the top of these medical pyramids in each country answer to the spider, the cult. So through that structure, um, the same policy can be imposed on every country. Now, it's absolutely not a coincidence that this so-called virus is supposed to have started in China because um, China is one of the great global centers of this cult. Um, the, uh, the cult was behind the Mao revolution. And what they've been doing, this has been in my books for decades by right? Um, What they've been doing is incubating in China, the global system they want to impose upon the world. And so um, in the West, until now, um, they uh, have to pay some kind of lip service to freedom and democracy. They have until this kicked off. So they've been able to move their fascism slower, but not in China. What the government says happens in China, so they've been able to very quickly incubate this system of control, which is uh, very much based on technology, what's known as a technocracy. What you're looking at is Marxism-Fascism imposed by technology. This is the whole smart technology is all connected to this. So um, the idea is to incubate or has been to incubate the global system in China and then play it out across the world. And that, what has the West become more like, far more like, infinitely more like in the last few months? China. This is the reason. So it starts in China where total government control.
0: So who are the people that are managing these cult projects?
1: This is where people like Gates come in. They are used as the front people to get the stuff out of the hidden and into the scene. And you can become very, very rich, clearly, by being one of those front people. Bill Gates gets endless mentions because he's not just funding the vaccine. He is funding almost everything that moves on the wish list of this cult common core education in America, which is about you know, another level of uh, programming the young, uh, uh, GM uh, uh, food and crops, uh, geoengineering. Uh, it, the, the list is endless that he's involved in. Uh, and this is this is what happens. Yes, you front up taking this technology and putting it in the public arena as if, you know, you're the vehicle, but there's a great chunk of money needs to come from that, that you spend on advancing the agenda in the name of philanthropy. Always a good man, that Bill Gates, <laughs> always giving money away. Oh, yeah, and all, always to cult projects. So you've got someone like uh, George Soros, who is another cult asset. And uh, he's uh, so far, um, the last I saw, handed over $32 billion to what are uh, today called woke organizations. Um, to um, hijack the traditional left that I grew up with and grew up in, which has now been completely usurped by a a, a fake left called woke around the world.
0: Are you referring to the black lives matter organization?
1: Oh yeah. Black lives matter. See uh, black lives matter, lowercase B lowercase uh, um, L lowercase M No pushback from me. Absolutely. All lives matter. Of course they do. We should be equally matter, whatever our background. But Black Lives Matter Capital Organization, complete front for the 1%. That's why it's funded by Soros and billionaire corporations and, 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 and billionaires, because it's a front to divide and rule the population on the grounds of race. And unfortunately, so many black people in America have fallen for it, but... Large numbers of them haven't but those that haven't you don't see them on the news. You see the ones that have on the news uh, and, and and it's all divide and rule because if there's a few going to control the many Then the many have to be set at war with each other um, so that they, uh, they There's not a united response to the few. That's why it has to happen. So, so you got someone like Soros he's made his money from um, finance uh, markets going up. He gets in before they go up. Markets go down. He gets out before they go down. Oh, that George Soros, he's a genius. He is in finance. He always predicts what's happening. Yeah, it's very easy to become a, a, a multi, multi, multi billionaire if you know when the market's going up and when the market's coming down because people you, you're connected to are making it go up and making it go down which when you're moving as these this cult is trillions and trillions of dollars around the world markets every day you're deciding when it goes up and when it goes down when there's a boom and when there's a bust and 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 all the rest of it but again you're going to make vast amounts of money georgie boy but a great chunk of it has to be spent to advance the cult agenda and and his area of um of specialization is the 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 woke left uh And in terms of uh, Gates, it's multiple because of his uh, uh, income, but uh, crucially and primarily to control global health policy, which is why he's now, after Trump uh, pulled the money uh, uh, from America, American government, he's now the biggest funder of the World Health Organization, which is driving the whole response to the pandemic, which Gates miraculously predicted because he knew it was coming. Mm -hmm.
0: So what are they trying to achieve by creating this woke government?
1: When that woke uh, government comes in and with two empty shells, it obviously won't be them calling the shots. It will be the, the cabal in the background. Then we are going to see the end of America, complete end of America, as we're seeing the end of Australia, as you've known it. Uh, so they want to end all these democracies because the, um, the idea, um, and, and if you had a woke government in America, well, you look at everything that woke stands for, all the extremes, all the nonsense, all the ridiculous post-fact, facts-don't-matter way of the, of um, of making decisions. That's going to be America if there's a Biden-Harris uh, um, government. Um, and all around the world, uh, this again has been my books for decades, they want an end of um, political government in terms of um, people having a say in their government what they want and it's appearing by the day and my god never more so in the last few months they want a technocracy which is what china is uh, a, a technocracy for people who have not come across that is a um government and a society that's not controlled by elected people but by uh, bureaucrats uh, engineers scientists technocrats and what we're seeing with the the drive of the um the virus uh, response it's by medical technocrats it's not by politicians what are the politicians saying we're being guided by the science you to be guided by the technocrats uh, who gates owns or uh, most most of them uh, and you look at silicon valley silicon valley has more power than politicians and and what is silicon valley what is gates he's a technocrat
0: Okay so what's their end game
1: the end game is to connect the human brain to ai so ai becomes the human mind and the gates vaccine is all part of this as well and many other things um and if you um if you look at the the quotes the direct quotes of people like ray kurzweil who is a um, google executive um he is saying that um uh, by, by in the period of 2030 uh, the human brain will be connected to ai and ai will then do more and more of human thinking until human thinking as we know it now is negligible uh, and so ai assimilates humans and becomes the human mind now that is the uh, that is the end game because at that point They no longer have to manipulate your perception to dictate your behavior. Of course, your perceptions are going to come direct via AI. So you introduce technology that people hold, smartphones, and you get them addicted to that, literally addicted, in ways I describe in the answer how it works. Um, And then you move on. You want to get in the body, so you move on. And you go to um, on the body, so you have your smartwatches and all these things now that are connected to the internet that are on your body, these electronic tattoos on your skin where you can interact with technology, um, uh, all these things like Bluetooth and stuff on your, your body, et cetera. And then you go to the next stage, which we where you want to go all along, which is inside the body um, it, with microchips. And in a way, the microchips that you can see are a bit of a diversion. Um, if you only stay with that, because the real microchipping of people is happening with nanotechnology. But I, from my own sources, I've realized this over the years, that um, they want to put um, nanotechnology in the vaccine. Um, this, is why they, this is why they're manipulating events to, to say that every man, woman and child on the planet has to have it,
0: So we're coming to the point where we need to speak about this pandemic. As controversial as this is, what makes you believe that this is a scam?
1: I had a, an explanation sent to me, would have been right at the start of this whole pandemic thing, uh, by an American medical scientist, that if you were going to pick, this, this is his words, way back then, if you were going to pick something to um, have a fake pandemic with, he said you would pick a coronavirus. And the reason he said that is this. The um, the human body has endless so-called coronaviruses. There's a whole family, as he described it, of coronaviruses. Um, and... Um, this has uh, effects on, um, gene- uh, on the genetic material that um, can get the, um, the RT-PCR test to, to, to you know recognize their existence. Not a specific virus, just the, the, uh, the nature of the family of viruses. And he said, so what you're gonna get if you use the RT-PCR test, is you're gonna get a lot of um, positives that are, not posit- that are not positive for specific virus at all. They're just stuff we have in our bodies. And then we go back to six weeks before um, the whole thing appeared out of nowhere in uh, China. And uh, there was something called Event 201. This was a, uh, a pandemic uh, drill orchestrated by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation the World Economic Forum, this 1% Fest, and Johns Hopkins University Medical Operation. Who's been compiling the case figures and the death figures globally that the media have been quoting all around the world? Overwhelmingly, the Johns Hopkins Medical Operation in the United States, which has massive connections to Bill Gates, not least uh, financial. And, where did, the, where did the momentum, the trigger come for the lockdowns? Uh, not least in Britain and America and European countries. It came out of Imperial College in London, which has massive connections financially to Bill Gates. And particularly a guy called um, Doctor, uh, or Professor Neil Ferguson. And Professor Neil Ferguson is a computer modeler. And computer modelers—they'll tell you—if you want to get something out, you just control what goes in. You put nonsense in, you'll get nonsense out. This is where they're getting all the computer models for the um, the human caused climate change hoax, which is being hoaxed by the same cult that's uh, that's hoaxing this, again to justify dramatic changes and centralizations of power and impositions on people's lives globally. Um, so they. They had this alleged virus coming to the West, which they were just like in China. First of all, they were uh, diagnosing it on symptoms and they introduced the PCR test, but they still weren't getting the death numbers. And what this um, medical scientist in America said in his uh, email is that what you do is you, you don't get the death numbers to justify your claim that it's a deadly virus. So what you do is you produce computer models that project the death numbers unless there's a lockdown. And when the numbers you projected, which are insane, the computer projection numbers of Neil Ferguson, which justified the lockdown in uh, Britain or or was justified uh, to impose the lockdown in Britain, said that 500,000 people, between a quarter and half a million uh, Britons would die of this COVID-19 unless there was lockdown, which destroyed the economy, which is exactly what was planned from the start. And these same computer models from Ferguson said that up to 2.2 million could die in America. Ah, lockdown. Um, And... What this scientist said is what you do then is when the numbers aren't produced, because they're never going to be, then you say, see, uh, 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 the, the, no, the numbers didn't happen because of the lockdown. So you can't lose. This is the psychology of the, uh, of the whole thing. And Neil Ferguson, massive financial connections to Bill Gates. Uh, and so you find this uh, all around the world. Uh, it, it's a, a, a complete and utter scam And it's an extraordinarily extreme example of a technique that I've been um, describing since the 1990s as problem-reaction-solution. And there's also another version of that, which is what this is about and the climate hoax is about, which I call no-problem-reaction-solution, where you don't need a real problem, just the illusion of one. So how it works is you covertly create a problem or the illusion of one. You use the unquestioning mainstream media, which you basically own, more than basically, to tell the population the version of the problem or no problem, illusion, that you want them to believe. And then those who've um, covertly created the problem or the illusion of one, got that reaction of fear from the public, then openly offer the solutions to the problems they have themselves covertly created and those solutions are advancing the agenda that would never have been uh, justified without the problem or the illusion of the problem. And that's exactly what's playing out in this pandemic uh, hoax. But unfortunately, people are so unstreetwise about how this works because they um, think bizarrely, naively, to the breathtaking extreme, that mainstream media outlets owned by a billionaire corporations and billionaires are going to tell you the truth about what's happening in the world. And that governments that are owned by the same cult, the same corporations, the same billionaires are going to have your interests at heart and not the interests of the billionaires and the cult.
0: So assuming that this virus is real, based on scientific data, do you still think that these lockdowns are unjustified?
1: Even if you believe there's a virus, even according to uh, mainstream health, it says here, estimates, the um, chances of going from infection to fatality if you're under 70 is 0.004%. And if you take in over 70s, it's um, still 0.26%. And every time someone uh, is um, said to have been infected, actually with a test, not testing for a virus, by the way, let's get into that. Um, Then even according to their ludicrous criteria, every time someone is um, said to be infected and has no symptoms, doesn't go to hospital, doesn't die, that ratio of fatality or infection, fatality, gets smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. So even on the basis of that, what is being imposed upon us in the name of this deadly virus is insane. And it's being done and can only be done with an acquiescent population.
0: But what about China and Italy? We've seen people on video dropping dead, hospitals filled with patients on their deathbed Whereas in the West, we haven't seen anything like that. How do you explain this?
1: What they did is people um, apparently started um, getting respiratory disease in Wuhan. That's like saying people get cold in Antarctica. Wuhan has a globally infamous toxic air atmosphere and thus they have tremendous amounts of respiratory disease. So what they did is they decided that this respiratory disease um, was a virus. A virus to this day, they've never isolated and purified according to the, uh, the way it should be done to show it actually exists. And for a start, when they decided it was a virus with absolutely no supporting evidence, they started diagnosing it on symptoms. And what were the symptoms? Flu-like symptoms. (laughs) Flu-like symptoms in Wuhan? Where do we start? And then they introduced a test called the RT-PCR test, uh, which is not testing for a virus. Ah! Amazing, isn't it? The cases are coming from a test, not testing for the virus. The RT-PCR test is testing for a genetic material. It's not testing for a virus. A genetic material that many, many people, ultimately, if they, if they uh, amplify the material enough, everyone has in their bodies. And there comes a point where that test will test positive for everybody if you amplify the uh, genetic material enough. Hmm. And the creator of the test was a guy called Kerry Mullis. And uh, Kerry Mullis... Um, uh, developed the test in the 1980s, he got the Nobel Prize for it, and this is what he said. This test must not be used to diagnose infectious disease. And why did he say that? Because it can't be, that's not why he developed it. But that is the test that the cases are coming from. When when, when uh, the fascist Andrews and his, uh, his, uh, his SS uh, mob imposed their will on Melbourne and Victoria, because, oh, we've got more cases. Their cases from a test, not testing for a virus, but testing for genetic material that ultimately, if you amplify enough, everyone has in their bodies. So they start then in China um, using this test, totally fraudulent. And this is the crucial thing the reaction of China, the response of China, had to be the blueprint for the world. And what I'm talking about is draconian lockdown, and the Chinese government does draconian. So soon as uh, this started, and you saw people just collapsing in the street of the virus, oh my God! Well, what, what, the same virus in the West? Where's the collapsing people? So it's a scam. So what happened was uh, Ted Ross at the World Health Organization, who's, um, when his lips are moving, Gates is speaking. And uh, when Gates's uh, lips are moving, the cult is speaking. Um, he uh, says, China, China, that's the way. That's the way to respond to this uh, uh, crisis. And who declared that it was a pandemic? Ted Ross did. Totally corrupt man out of Ethiopia. Provable fact, by the way. Um, And um, so, uh, China became the blueprint for how other countries uh, um, followed, which was draconian lockdown, which was destruction of independent livelihoods and the economy, and uh, fascism imposed upon the population. But, because it's all psychology, China's still a long way away. It's still another culture. They needed a Western example that would psychologically say to the West, this could happen to you. So they chose Italy. And where did they choose? Northern Italy, Lombardy, which is um, closing in on Wuhan for its infamous um, toxic air and uh, large amounts as a result of a respiratory disease. we have, um, we have a test, not testing for the virus, which is producing the cases, but where are the deaths coming from? The deaths are coming from re-diagnosis of people dying of other things. And after the crisis in Italy, where you had all those pictures, oh, Italy, oh my God, oh, it's coming to us, oh. The uh, uh, Italian authorities uh, announced that 99% of those who died from COVID-19 in Italy had one, two, three, four, or more, what they call comorbidities, in other words, reasons to die. And they announced later, the Italian authorities, oh yes, well, this was the word they used, oh yes, well, we, we were a bit generous with um, designating deaths COVID-19. And through these pyramids, um, hierarchical pyramids in each country, ultimately answering to this spider, um, they imposed upon the medical system, doctors, etc., all over the world, uh, that they must put COVID-19 on the death certificate if they uh, felt the symptoms were what they said they are, flu-like symptoms, and that if they um, tested positive for a test, not testing for the virus, then they would have to put COVID-19 on the death certificate if they tested positive. So take Britain as an example. Once you've tested positive for SARS-CoV-2, the virus that's supposed to cause this disease of COVID-19, you can't die of anything else. Because once uh, you've tested positive for COVID-19, when you die of anything, motorcycle accident, falling down the stairs, COVID-19 is going on your death certificate. Um, Through the Medicare system, if you're a hospital, uh, every patient you diagnose regular pneumonia, you are paid $4,600. Every patient you diagnose with the same symptoms, COVID-19 pneumonia, you get $13,000. And every time you put a COVID-19 diagnosed pneumonia or respiratory problem on a ventilator, you get $39,000. Now, if you have a real virus, you do not have to give financial incentives to diagnose it. Uh, Nor do you have to test people for a deadly virus, because it's bloody obvious that they have got one. But the reason that 85% plus of people who test positive with a test not testing for the virus have no symptoms is because there's nothing wrong with them. They don't have any virus. And and you go beyond the 85% who have no symptoms, and you see the people that... um, Don't end up dead with it. And this is another point. Why is this virus killing old people, it seems, in great numbers, great numbers compared to the young, hardly anybody? It's very simple. When you are creating your death numbers by re-diagnosing people dying of other things, COVID-19, then you've got a big problem with the young because the young overwhelmingly don't die of other things. Old people, the older they are, the more comorbidities they have that they're going to die from. So the more potential you have to re-diagnose the um, COVID-19 instead of what they really died of. And by the way, uh, you're in the Southern Hemisphere uh, uh, and uh, you're winter at the moment, so is South Africa. These are official figures flu in South Africa has disappeared this year. It's never, no one's seen anything like it for decades in South Africa. There's no flu, but there's over half a million cases of COVID-19 or SARS-CoV-2, which have been uh, produced by a test, not testing for the virus. And there's been about over 11,000 odd, I think it is alleged deaths. And the reason flu has disappeared and COVID-19 has just come out of nowhere is simple redesignation of cause of death and cause of uh, symptoms.
0: So, why is there so much focus on these masks, social distancing, and fear mongering? What's the psychological agenda to all of this?
1: Basically, what this cult is doing and has always done is target the human subconscious. That's what it wants. Because it knows that if it can get perceptual um, programs and belief systems into the subconscious mind, then they will filter through to the conscious mind, at which point people think they're having their own thoughts and forming their own opinions when actually they've been planted subconsciously and they come into the conscious mind uh, um, as, oh, I've just had this thought, or oh, this is my opinion. So everything that's happening uh, is uh, is is based on psychology, and there is a a conscious mind reason for it, which is just to explain it away, and there's the real reason for it, which is subconscious. So if you look at masks, the conscious reason is. Um, it will protect you from the virus, or it will protect other people from the virus. This is scientifically ludicrous. The holes in masks, if you believe in the the virus, viral particles are utterly minute and far smaller than the holes in masks. Uh, So um, they're not gonna protect you. But what they will do is cumulatively damage your health, giving you respiratory problems, which will then be blamed on COVID-19, Um, because you're breathing in your uh, own carbon dioxide, which your body's trying to expel, and you're not breathing in enough oxygen. Do you know, um, in Ireland, um, they're they're talking about having breathing breaks. Breathing breaks, ladies and gentlemen, breathing breaks for children when they go back to school and uh, they are being told they have to wear masks all day in school. Kids, who have no chance of, of having any problem with this virus, even if it ex- believe it exists. Um, and so they, they are saying they'll have to have breathing breaks. Hmm. So what is that saying? That is saying we accept that the kids are not gonna breathe enough air, oxygen in wearing masks all day at school. So we're gonna have breathing breaks. So if you look at this, um, these masks from a, uh, a subconscious point of view, they're very different to the conscious reason. Subconsciously, if you are going to symbolize, and symbolism is the language of the subconscious, that's why we have symbolic dreams overwhelmingly rather than um, literal dreams. Uh, And and this is why this cult has a whole language of symbolism. Most famous one is the pyramid and all-seeing eye, which you see on the dollar bill. But and the uh, the great seal of the united mm-hmm. states but they have a whole language of symbols why because those symbols are talking to the subconscious so um, when you are symbolizing someone um being silenced and being censored how do you symbolize them you put something on their mouth so they can't speak you cover their mouth um Putting this on their face is subjugation and crucially, subconsciously, what is it doing? It's deleting your individuality.
0: I want this interview to end with a piece of advice that we all need to hear right now. How do we as a society liberate ourselves from this psychological enslavement what can we do
1: we enslave ourselves by giving our perceptions away and we liberate ourselves by taking them back and the perception that is most important above all others is self-identity what is the eye what this cult wants to do and works so hard to do and is doing it even more to an extreme level now is to hijack our sense of the I, because we are multi-dimensional, infinite consciousness having a brief experience called human. So what we call human is simply um, the focus of attention that, uh, that the body gives us on a narrow band of frequency and we call it human, we call it the world. It's just a, a frequency band of information which we're interacting with, like Wi-Fi. We're affecting it, it's affecting us. If you um, are looking from the cult point of view, and this is what the postage stamp consensus limitation of, of knowledge and information is all about, you want people isolated in the five senses, basically. So. I I symbolize it in the answer as a bubble. You're in the five sense bubble. You put people in the five sense bubble, the perceptual bubble. And now instead of getting insight from expanded states of awareness, the infinite eye, you are operating in a bubble of perception. And the idea from the couple's point of view is you isolate people in the five senses, and then you dictate the information that that isolated uh, consciousness gets. So you, um, isolate people in the five senses and then you program their perception of reality. This is exactly why we live in the world We do and it's exactly why people see the world as they do Now, how do we burst the bubble? We redefine our self-identity If if you say to most people who are you? Please to meet you. Who are you? They'll give you their name. They'll give you where they come from. They'll give you their job They'll give you the life story. They'll give you their labels. They'll give you um, all the things that we give labels to. I am a man. I am white. I am British, uh, etc. But they're not who we are. They are what we are experiencing incredibly briefly. And if we can... Ditch the labels and see them for what they are, a brief experience, and self-identify with the consciousness. Ultimately, potentially, all consciousness, having an experience. Then that very expansion of self-identity, I'm not little me anymore, I'm not Ethel on the checkout or Bill at the call center. I am a state of infinite awareness having an the experience. Then that expansion of self-identity uh, or triggers an expansion of consciousness. So you're no longer confined in forming your perceptions to the bubble anymore. That's why they want to put people and are pressured to put people in the bubble. And, and this is where identity politics is, is, is coming, to make smaller and smaller senses of self-identity. But when you say, I am consciousness having an experience, everything changes. Suddenly, you're starting to see the world differently because you're seeing it from an expanded point of view. You're getting insights, you're getting intuitive knowings, which you're not going to get in the five sense bubble. And the thing you lose when you realize the true nature of the I is fear of death which is just an expression of fear of the unknown, which is the holds humanity in servitude more than anything else. Two things hold us in servitude. Two things keep us there. Woof, woof, yes, sir, no, sir. Fear of the unknown stroke, fear of death, and fear of what other people think of us. So from that big game, long game point of view, the things that terrify and um, limit and freeze people in five sense perception don't apply anymore. Um, so you go out in the street, you don't wear a mask. So they do this so that. So what? So what? If never, enough of us do it, what are they going to do? They can't. It's forcible. But people freeze because they're, they're self-identifying with the, the little eye When you self-identify with the big I, everything changes. And the big I would never, ever subjugate itself to the impositions of other people and the deletion of its freedom. Wouldn't do that. And I'm certainly never going to do it. Uh, So we'll see where that goes.